Hey, Chris Manning from Locked On Cavs here. Coming up on today's show, Evan Demerl and I are going to dive in to the Cavs' win over the Charlotte Hornets, a 121-114 to win um, in the Cavs' season opener, the season opener for both teams. It's obviously took place Wednesday night in Cleveland um, with the Cavs coming up big. No Kevin Love and, and no Dante Axum, but a lot of really good performances. No notably by Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, and Larry Nance Jr. That's all coming up today on Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. With the fifth pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select... Isaac Okoro from Auburn University. Quarter on none. Launches. He knocks it down. Good section. On the blow by. Both inside. And off to Garland for three. He knocks it down. Drummond grabs it out. Let's to Garland. Up top. Oh, oh. And, uh, Cleveland. This is for you. Evan, this this felt right. I got to tell you, getting to cover a real basketball game, not a preseason game, mm-hmm. th- this felt good. How, how are you? Well, I think friends of the pod, Larry Nance Jr., J.B. Bickerstaff, and Lindsey Gottlieb knew that it was my one-year anniversary for Locked on Cavs today. So they thought, you know what, let's let Evan have an easy night covering the team and go out there and get that big dub for him. But, yeah. Um no, this was first off. Thank you again for taking a chance on me and doing this. I'm a, I, I went back and listened to our first episode, and God, I was stiff. But I'm a lot more comfortable now, and uh, I don't know if you regret it. Once you realized I was a nut, you you just it just opens up. I was the just mostly, no, it's mostly. Just, been, it's been a good it's, year. Yeah, it has been. Thank you for the over quarter of a million people who have tuned in to listening to two monotone nerds from Northeast Ohio, bitch and complain about the Cavs, <laughs> but. Um, I had a lot more thoughtful of something written out, but, you know, this is more from the heart because it's on the fly here. But, um, yeah, no, this yeah. was a really, really fun win for the Cavs. We were kind of, like, just talking about it. Uh, shout out to Cavs PR for putting together a beautiful new interactive website for the media to use to track stats live. I was using it a little bit during the game, and I was checking out more so after the game. And, like, it's just a nice, pretty, aesthetically pleasing setup they have and no this was a very energetic very scrappy Cavs team um jv bickerstaff had some good quotes on it um good vibes right now and i'm like uh you think i'm a crazy man but i'm i'm feeling really good about my 3-0 proclamation for the Cavs. so like monday when we're on wkyc i can't wait to either be really smug or just act like i don't know what you're talking about when the Cavs are the 3-0 or 2-1 because i think detroit is uh in for a world of pain on saturday <laughs> Yeah, so just a quick run through on some of the stats. So Colin Sexton led the Cavs with 27 points, also had five assists, two boards, um, and two turnovers. That was 9-16 from the field, 3-4 of four from three, 6-9 of nine from the line. Darius Garland, 22 points, um, six assists, 7-13 from the field, 4-8 of eight from three, and 4-4 four four from the line. Larry Nance Jr. almost had a triple-double, 13 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks. Andre Drummond, 14 points on 7 of 18 shooting to go with 14 rebounds and 4 assists. And Isaac Okoro, starting at small forward, um, played 34 minutes, uh, 11 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds for him. Um, and, and was assigned a lot of different defensive duties, which we'll talk about. Obviously, no Kevin Love in this game and no Dante Exum. We'll see if one or both of them may play on Saturday. And we'll talk about this in the last segment. But Dylan Windler goes down with an injury in this game. Um, JB Bakerstaff says the injuries are negative, And we'll talk about what that could mean going forward 
and again and the and the near the end of the show but evan we're gonna what we're gonna do this year for game recaps and i have been struggling to come up with a good game recap format the whole time i've been doing this show is we're gonna start the first segment of every game recap show with an mvp and then play of the game and then um, we're going to do stat of the night. So what, Evan and I are each going to make a case for one, and then we're going to put these up on the, our Twitter feed, at Cavs. Please follow along, and then we're going to vote, and then we'll share the results of those um, on our whatever show is next. So for us, that'll be the, the delayed mailbag show that's going to come out um, on Saturday after after the after the holiday for those of you that celebrate that particular Christian test slash capitalist um, endeavor. So, and pagan. Evan. It's um, a little pagan, too. Peg, little pagan, little pagan vibes. So... Evan, I'm, I'm going to give you the option. Now, we're going to start with MVP. Now, do you want to go first on MVP and um, stat of the night, or do you want to go second on those and then go first on um, the middle one, which would be play of the night? Uh, let's go with play of the night because my pick is simple because I'm picking the nickname for these two. Uh, that lob pass in the first quarter from Colin Sexton, Isaac Okoro was just a lot of fun, and... Um, I still have a little bit of my doubts and reservations with Colin kind of being that lead guard with the secondary unit because he does have deficiencies as a playmaker, but he made a couple good reads tonight, and um, the same ditto for Garland, and there's some cases where players like Dean Wade weren't finishing those plays off of those guards, but um, no, that play in, in general is just really exciting to watch, and just the established chemistry and rapport that Okoro and Sexton already have is going to work wonders for Cleveland long-term. Um, and th- that's my pick for play of the night. How about you? So I, th- I think that's a really good um, prediction. I, I That might have been that might have been my pick if I had gone first year because it not only had, like, Drummond gets a rebound and Sexton just pushes and Okora just runs the floor really well, but that was It has a little um, bit of positive. everything I, th- I think mine is, though, yes, Mine is going to be the the pass uh, that Darius Garland made to the corner to Jetty Osmond because cool. this and I think you could also go the Okoro dunk where he just like took off and like or the Nance dunk could be one of your other picks but I think yeah. that that Garland pass to the corner for Osmond was just so perfect and just illustrates how I think far he's really come as a playmaker um, and and that was just like a really fun thing to see. We'll talk about uh, Sexton and Garland more as the duo, but. Like, there's a lot of good plays you could really pick for this one. You know, like, there, there's a lot of good stuff kind of all around. There, I think there's a, if you want to go like a mini one, like, there was that Jetty 3 that he hit that really kind of pushed back on, mm-hmm. uh, hit a little pass fake and then hit the 3 over Lamelo. That was just a really big play in the moment um, in terms of stemming the tide of the game. But So those are our nominees for play of the game. That's going to be, again, um, the Sexton to Okoro lob pass and then the Garland assist to Jetty Osmond in the corner. We'll, again, have that up on our Twitter feed as a poll. Evan, I'm going to go MVP for this one, um, and, and then you'll you'll nominate your own, but I'm going to go Larry Nance because I think there's obviously a very good case for Sexton, but I think just what Larry Nance did in this game and what the Cavs asked him to do was just so integral to everything working because he was scoring, he, he shot well, he had the eight assists, I think seven in the first half, um, three steals, two blocks, had the boards. He was just everywhere, and the, the way the Cavs were leveraging him was just very important to everything working and i just don't know how this team would have functioned without him you know doing all the little stuff screening um setting the passes doing those little interior passes to help drummond get the ball doing to do some of that high low action um just everything he was doing to kind of make everything work in this game again i i'm gonna go back i'll do a rewatch and and like i do for most games and and see if something else pops here but i to me just 
if I was going to pick one, it would be Nance. But since you can't pick Nance because we're, we're not we're not letting ourselves pick the same people for the sake of content, who's your pick? Well, I'm not going to take the lazy pick. I'm not calling yours pick lazy because Larry would have been my option. And honestly, what you said is true. And I actually asked JP Bickerstaff about this. If Larry Nance's performance tonight embody what you've been telling this team to go out and do every single night on the floor? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, I think he just did whatever it took to win. You know, if he had a shot to take or a play to make or a stop or an assignment, um, you know, extra pass, energy play, you know, he did all those things. Um, and, you know, you can't take that for granted uh, with a guy who's just willing to do that. You know, he doesn't care if he gets 15 shots. You know, all he cares about is doing what it takes to help the team win. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's a pleasure to coach, and we're lucky to have a guy like that. Your computer's back. Thank you, everyone, for burning your sage for Chris's computer. But oh yes, I we're back. At, we're I'm a Thanos. I'm well, no, I'm not Thanos because I don't really consider myself a Thanos. I'm like uh, I'm like Smart Hulk. So you dab with kids in a diner? Okay. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Me and Mark Ruffalo just vibing. Yeah, but so I Sexton makes a lot of sense, and he smoothed over a lot of the preconceived notions and maybe concerns about him heading into the preseason because he had that one stinker against the Knicks. But like I tweeted and said, like y'all need to relax. And I think Sexton just is going to have a very, very good third year for the Cavs. Um, especially in a contract year, like he's going to be putting up a lot of really good stat lines like this for the Cavs. But actually my MVP pick other than Larry Nance Jr. is Darius Garland. Uh, Darius a little shaky at first, but he finished the night seven to 13, 50% from three on eight attempts. He finished the night with 22 points, six rebounds, six assists, three fouls. Of course, uh, one steal, two turnovers with a plus minus a plus four. Um, Darius really looked more and more comfortable. And this is something you and I talked about in the preseason where we're seeing more, we're saying like, listen, we're seeing a ton of flashes from Darius of like, this is the player we kind of want Darius Garland to be, but we need to see it on a more established level and have for him to have a big night. And this isn't necessarily like the biggest night. Cause I think we said like 26 points, six assists. So he was eking towards it, but 22 points, six assists, six boards. Like Darius looked very comfortable out there. He looked very composed once he kind of just settled in a little bit, especially when he wasn't playing with Sexton, because I know Colin said that that's his guy and they're going to war together. But, um, no, Darius looked a lot more comfortable being the lead guard and playing like an offensive set that didn't feature Colin Sexton and maybe had a little bit of Larry Nance, Isaac Okoro. Uh, he paired really well with Jetty. I really like that Jetty-Darius uh, pairing when JB wants to utilize it. Like you said, that was a really good play and pass where Darius kicked it to him in the corner. But no, I, I'm Darius is my pick just because he looked so comfortable. And again, more flashes, but this is a bigger flash. This is more of like a sp- bark almost that's going to ignite the fire if he's able to have an, another consistent night like this and he very well could against detroit and i could be singing the praises of darius garland once again yeah i think that's her okay so there are nominees i picked larry nance and uh hiram come get your man what the hell he picked darius garland over colin sexton um last one stat of the night evan what's your what's your what's your key number you're you're watching from this game the assists to shot ratio the Cavs completed had 46 completed field goals on 87 attempts but they also had 34 assists to those 46 completed shots um cleveland was not a good team at moving the ball last season and to see them moving the rock this well and you know just playing a little bit of unselfish basketball sometimes maybe a little too unselfish because they did have 18 turnovers to go with those 34 assists but 
this is a breath of fresh air to see a Cavs team that's willing to move the ball more often than not. They don't play a lot of iso ball and a lot of hero ball. And JB said in the preseason that if you are one of those players, we don't really want you here. And I think there's going to be maybe some lumps and some growing pains with young players on this team with that. But that's my most encouraging stat is to see that they had 34 assists tonight and it, 11 of them came from their backcourt with five of them coming from Colin Sexton, which is huge. And then, I mean, Larry Nance having eight, maybe he doesn't do that every night, but I think Larry having those guard skills before he took his uh, Remicade for his Crohn's disease, which caused his growth spurt, is really going to come in beautifully because the Cavs want him to utilize those skills. And, I mean, Okoro having five assists as well is an awesome surprise, too. Like, this Cavs team at full strength strength is really going to be moving the rock a lot, and that's just it's hopefully a good indication of what's to come offensively for Cleveland. Yeah, the best passer on the team didn't play tonight. That's a bold take. Is he talking about uh, Kevin Love, who we have a few conspiracies about, but it was... Well, you know, you you have conspiracies You put about. it in my head. That's true. Okay, but um, let's move on here. And also, Axum will help with that, yeah. too. So my stat um, is just, it's their offensive rebounding rate. So the Cavs, according to Cleaning the Glass, had an offensive rebounding rate of 34.1%. That's in the 100... That's outrageous. Um that it showed up on the film just first watch that was more than double the the hornets and that was just a big reason why you're able to to get second chance points to to kind of string together some possessions well, and, and that's I, it's I, it's, it's going to be a way for the caps to have an advantage this year is by hammering the offensive glass i do way. have a question though is cody zeller kind of a non-factor in offensive rebounding for the hornets net normally i mean he did break his hand so th- thoughts go out to cody zeller and the zeller and the fact that he's going bald at his age which is just you know Really, as I slick my hair back, I, it makes me really feel good about my genetics. But um, it, just I'm asking you this since you're more of an advanced stats guy. Is Cody Zeller just not really an offensive rebounder normally? Because, like, yeah, no, this Hornets team was outplayed on every end and every facet of the floor from, like, beginning to end with Cleveland. Like, there are some times it got a little dicey, and I know that Jetty 3 kind of reset things, and then it got a really close with Rozier going nuclear at the end and the fact that the Hornets only – we're really eking closer and closer, but for a while it didn't feel like the Cavs were really worried about the Hornets, and it's like they outplayed him in every facet, especially in the boards. Um, so he last year he was a he's a, he's kind of like an averageish rebounder. I just think uh, with with um, so like a di- uh, on field goal misses, defensive rebounding on field goals last year he was in the 62nd percentile of big, so that's above average. But that was his best season, um, and and I also just think Drummond and. McGee and Nance are all kind of good at that stuff, and, and that showed up um, in this game in particular. All right, let's take a break here, though. And uh, Evan, why don't you tell everyone about our newest sponsor, the, the, the our great sponsor, if you will. Well, folks, if you took the under on the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight, because the Hornets, I believe, were two-and-a-half-point favorites heading into this game, you were a big winner. And you'll be an even bigger winner if you use our friends at betonline.ag. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and there's some big matchups coming soon. Also, the NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clear and and even an AFC North title stake possibly on the line between the Browns and the Steelers. There is only one place that has you covered, and one place we, as in we at Locked On Cavs, trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% off, or sorry, your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline. Your online sportsbook experts and also the exclusive betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. 
Also want to tell you guys about the newest podcast in the network, and that's Locked on Bets. Uh, Locked on Bets is great, and the holidays are about giving, so I'm giving you a hot tip that could earn you some extra cash. The new Locked on Bets podcast is hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is red hard to stop this season, and he shares a lock of the day on every episode. Subscribe to Locked on Bets today wherever you get your podcasts. All right. We're going to take a break here. Come back. There's going to be a, a intro, a little audio from Darius Garland. He gave a very interesting quote um, about him and Sexton as a duo. So you hear that on the way in here. And then Evan and I are going to talk about them as a duo in the next segment. You and Colin combined for 49 points and 11 assists tonight. What do you feel you and him showed together, if anything? That we're not feuding or competing for a spot. I mean, a lot of people think that, but we're not feuding. Like, that's my brother. I was like, big bro to me. So, I mean, just being out on the floor with him, getting him going early on, I mean, it felt really good. Uh, and he's always going to be aggressive. So when everybody just kick in on him or lock in on him, that's when I come in and get open shots, and that's when everybody else get their open shots. So that's what it was tonight. He got rolling in the first half, and we all just started making our shots in the second half. All right, there you heard Darius Garland talking about him and Colin Sexton, what they proved tonight um as as a duo evan what did you just make of their their performance i mean i th- i thought just to, real quickly again combined for 49 points combined for 11 assists very clearly staggered um to kind of give the the one of the ball handlers on the team at all time i i think you can tell that there's a shape of play that's a little different um when one guy's on and one guy's off there's just some differences i thought sexton obviously came out really hot and i thought garland got better as the game went on which kind of tracks from from the preseason but this this was about as well as I think we've seen them play as a duo and and that's a very very encouraging start if you're looking at starting off this season on a positive note. no it absolutely was and I think you said it best where Colin really came out hot right out the gates and I think he kind of set the tone and just built a lot of that beginning momentum for the Cavs Larry Nance's excuse me exemplary play also helps as well but and yeah no with Darius um just kind of being steady and like just casually building up his momentum and maybe, you know, Sexton being so strong helps, but I think those two play so strong separately also really does make the case that if the Cavs are able to get a bigger two guard, whether it's in the draft um, or elsewhere, I think that's really a case to break up this tandem and maybe see what you have, but no, they were both a lot of fun and really dynamic. And I'm interested to see, Again, this Cavs team at full health, like you said, Kevin Love being the best passer, like that's going to be an interesting wrinkle for this Cavs team, especially with these young guards, but more so. I really want to see either Garland or Sexton paired alongside Dante Exum because he, they, he does cover a lot of the defensive deficiencies, but also just that added playmaking wrinkle that Exum provides could make this tandem of Sexton and Garland even more dynamic. And dare I say, maybe JB gets real weird with it and plays Exum at the three and plays those two together as well. Do you think that's even possible? I think it is, but I think, you know, you, you saw them play some zone in this game. I think if you want to lean more into zone and, and maybe play – like Larry almost would have to be on the floor to kind of keep things yeah. functioning. Like Larry Okoro, um, they go they go really small. So let's say it's like call it's Darius Collin, Dante, Isaac, Larry, like super small, but like a little bit of defense, yeah. a lot of playmaking at all five positions. I think that would be a fun little interesting thing to try out. Well, and it, that's the kind of lineup I'm more interested in seeing as opposed to like the three big lineup. I'm just not, yeah. as you know, I'm not super interested in that lineup. And I, but I think you could do that, or you could like 
get like weird mismatch and go zone with like the three guards and then Nance and McGee and just kind of let JaVale kind of just patrol the, the paint a little bit. Um, you could do some interesting stuff. I'd be curious to see how creative the Cavs are, are willing to get in that sense. But I, I, I agree to I, I want to see Axum play with with uh, with Sexton because I thought it was very intentional to see Sexton play with Nance. Yeah, um, just to kind of keep the ball moving a little more and, and surround him that way. And I think if you go sec, if if I think continuing to stagger them, and you go go Sexton, they play the first couple minutes together, like five minutes or so. Sexton comes out, and then he comes back later on when Garland's out, and then you finish the half with him. I think if you do that kind of stuff, it's a way to kind of maximize both of what they do, and then also. Like, I, I think something you didn't see in this game that I think you'll see more of, particularly when Kevin's back, is that Sexton's a good cutter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, yes, there's there's long-term defensive concerns. I'm not going to dispute those. We've, we've labored those belabored those a lot in the show, and, and, and it's been talked about to death. But I think you can do stuff where you can hide them a little bit. It's it's I think you want to get a big sample of them kind of figuring how they're going to play together uh, under a competent head coach, under both of them playing well. Um, and I can't think of a game off the top of my head where both of them played well like this on the same night. It was just as impressive as you would kind of hope they could be. Really makes you wonder um, how much better this team would be uh, if they just hired JV Bickerstaff to begin with instead of bringing in John Bayline and letting him just well, kind of sputter well, out of control. That and I just think like if Darius doesn't have like a weird rookie year, I, th- I think that's just also just like one of those things where it's like Darius now being healthy and everything is just vitally important to all of this. Yeah, um, for sure. But you know, I, I I think Darius, I just think I think you can do stuff where you can play them together. I think playing Okora with the starters makes a lot of sense and I think helps tremendously in terms of versatility. You saw Okoro, um, who I think had a really good game, and we're not going to talk about as much as I think we probably should on this show. Had a had a night where they deployed him on on Hayward, they deployed him on Lamelo, like they were moving these him around in a way that I think allows you to do some di- like to Sexton and Garland together can be a little more tenable, um, and and I thought that that was notable to me too. So. We'll see how it works. Um, there, there will be obviously. I think you know Kevin is really good, but there will be a defensive difference when he's on the floor instead of Larry with the starters. That yeah. that'll be interesting to kind of watch how that how that gets handled. Uh, they obviously got torched. I did not think the the pick and roll coverage was particularly good um, when they were coming up high. Even I mean Rogier's just got hot and that happens, but I don't think they pressured the, that shooter enough. There's a lot of space for him to to get those shots off, and that was a concern with them, and that will continue to be a defining characteristic for them until they show that it's not but in terms of the offensive side in terms of the the stuff that you're expecting young guards to show they're good at like this is as optimistic as i think i've been about them kind of figure about sexland kind of figuring out a little bit and and i think you bring Exum back and i think if he can be your backup point guard and you you do th- you kind of figure things out with how those lineups are going to work and maybe you're maybe like the rotations are a little less i felt like tonight they were a little more like riding the hot hand than i sort of expected but i think yeah. if you have a healthy roster i i wonder if you this makes sense a little bit more no somebody in our discord server uh i forget their name but if you would like to join the locked on calf slash fear the sword discord server um i tweet the link every day when i share the episodes but um yeah, no, somebody pointed out, like, yeah, we haven't seen Garland in a while, but I think it was just a lot of JB riding the hot hand because Colum truly was on fire. He hadn't missed a shot and almost until close to the end of the second quarter, I want to say, when he was blocked by Bismack Biombo, and it's just a little bit of the frustrations that come with Colin Sexton sometimes as he gets a little bit of tunnel vision. But, no, Sexton really looked composed and in control and came out blazing, so you don't blame JB for doing the right thing and riding the hot hand. And 
it's just also Colin leading a second unit. I don't know how tenable and long-term that's really going to work, but tonight it worked, and it's against a very lackluster Hornet squad. And, uh, no, it was just definitely interesting as well. And, um, yeah, no, I'm interested to see. And I currently have the clip of LaMelo Ball and Dylan Windler's weird, like, dust-up during the game. Not dust-up, but, like, weird turning the ball back and forth over. And, um, thankfully, Dylan Windler, uh, his wrist is okay after his nasty fall and Gordon Hayward laid him out, but we should really touch real quick on LaMelo ball and just how kind of lackluster and disappointing he looked against the Cavs. And I think there's a reason why that was the case. Yeah. Why don't you just do that real quick? Because we're, we're already, this is already going to be a longer show, but LaMelo 16 minutes, uh, didn't make a shot, had three assists. I didn't really notice him very much in this game, to be quite honest with you. And, uh, yeah, he, it's, you know, I, you know, like you, JD threw Okoro, was, Okoro yeah. on him and it yep. worked. It's that Isaac Okoro did his job and maybe it was playing for, I wish we could have spoken to Isaac. Cause that's something I wanted to ask him saying like, this guy was picked two spots before you. Did you have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder? Just kind of proving a point to the Hornets saying like, Hey, you might've picked the wrong guy because I'm about to lock his ass up for the entire night. So that's yeah, just absolutely. what I was thinking All about. Right. Yeah, yeah, fair. All right, let's take another break here. Come back, and we'll we'll do some nitpicks of little things that could have been a little bit better, um, and we'll do those rapidly. And we're also uh, we're also going to talk about Dylan Windler and what that could kind of look like there. Um, but first, I want to tell you guys about uh, a great show in our network, the Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast. Locked On Women's Basketball is the only daily podcast covering the world of women's hoops. Join an all-star cast of hosts each day of the week for a comprehensive look at the worlds of WNBA, women's college basketball, and international competition that you simply won't find anywhere else. Subscribe to Locked On Women's Basketball on your favorite podcast provider. I seriously can't recommend it enough as someone who um, follows Liberty and also is tracking Paige Buchers, just wrecking people at UConn. Seriously, Paige Buchers rules Locked On Women's Basketball as you covered. All right, back after this. All right, back here in Lockdown Cavs. Evan, last segment here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do some nitpicks. We'll do these quick. Uh, in the future, my goal is to find the right audio clips where I can like insert little like teasers for MVP and stuff. That is not in this one, but if you have any suggestions on things we could use as segues, um, tweet us at Lockdown Cavs uh, or email us at lockdowncavs@gmail.com, and we'll get those. But Evan, my first nitpick is just uh, I thought Dean Wade played really well overall. I thought it was a functional player and good to see him perform well in his first actual NBA minutes, really. But boy, does he not look comfortable with the ball in his hands um, at, at certain points. And I, and I think that that was a real weird thing for him, just kind of not always looking like he wanted to have the ball in his hands. Very no, much. he did not look like he wanted to have the ball in his hands. And there were times where you can kind of see why the Cavs converted his two-way into a guaranteed contract. Um, I will say if the Cavs were fully healthy and Kevin Love was available and you pushed Larry Nance back to the bench, we wouldn't have seen Dean Wade tonight. So I think it's nice for him. No, not at all. Not at all, but it's nice to see him get a little bit of burn and maybe, yeah, again, just show why the Cavs think so highly of him. But he has a long ways to go to feel comfortable at the NBA level. And for context, he finished tonight. Um, three. Of, he finished with seven points on three or four shooting to go with four rebounds and uh, two assists, which – I might be no. I'm look. I'm looking at that right. Sorry, I just thought I was looking at uh, Javale McGee's stat line. I'm like, no, Javale had a better night than that. But um, no, sorry, no. D Wade had seven points and zero rebounds and three assists and three fouls and three steals. So yeah, no, he didn't look too too comfortable. So I, I completely butchered that and was reading uh, Jetty or somebody else's stat line. But either way, um, no, D Wade did look uncomfortable tonight. And my kind of like 
thorn in my side or something I have a gripe with was out of all the starters, Andre Drummond was the most lackluster. He finished the night with 14 and 14, but he got those 14 points on 18 attempts. He had four assists, a couple really wild passes and just straight up bad passes. One of which was to Dean Wade, where he just looked like he rocketed it out of bounds. Um, to four assists, to five turnovers, one steal, two fouls, zero blocks. Um, JaVale McGee just looked a lot more composed and just a lot more better at the center position for the Cavs. He had a lot more energy. and he, Again, my biggest gripe with Andre Drummond is sometimes he plays a little bit too much outside of his role, and if he played a little bit more of a relaxed, traditional center like he maybe a JaVale McGee did, I'd feel a lot better about him. But no, my gripe was just with Andre Drummond just kind of looking kind of bleh, and maybe there's a reason why he only played 27 minutes while the rest of the starters, who were all either rookies, second-year players, or young players, or Larry Nance, um, eclipsed the 30-minute mark for the Cavs. And maybe that's what we're going to see a lot of this year because the Cavs are trying to rest Drummond whenever they can, especially in back-to-back situations. Yeah, we'll see what kind of McGee's minutes load ultimately looks like, too. I think um, we saw the cap of McGee's I, I would minutes. S- I think yeah. 19 to 20 is about the most we're going to get out of JaVale in a given night. Yes, I think that's fair. Um, I, I'll say another another little nitpick that I have is just I think the transition defense for the Cavs remains very bad. Yeah. And this is this was a defining characteristic of the team, of the team last year. It was a defining characteristic – um, of the team two years ago it is it's a hallmark of a team that is still learning how to play together and it is bad but evan the hornets you, you ready for some numbers that are gonna fuck with your head a little bit yeah i'm ready i want you i want you right. to make me have a chris manning mind blow moment okay so the, the hornets according to cleaning the glass added 7.1 points per hundred possessions through transition play that puts them in the 93rd percentile of, of teams Ugh. That's not good. It wasn't really. A they were their offensive their their efficiency their efficiency in transition, hundred and forty point nine. So that they would have scored hundred and forty point nine points per hundred possessions. That's in the seventieth percentile. Hmm. Um, they were really good off of live rebounds in addition. So six point nine. They added six point nine six point seven points. Excuse me per hundred possessions off of live ball rebounds, mm-hmm. and they scored off of live ball rebounds. Scored one hundred and seventy two points. 172.7 points per 100 possessions. Now, the Cavs are also very good at this. This was not a good defensive game by any stretch of the imagination. No. But the Hornets are really good at that, and there are better teams that are going to beat the shit out of the Cavs if if they continue to not at least be, like, adequate at this. Like, you can just imagine, like, the the 76ers, like, getting rebounds and then just, like, wrecking the Cavs. You can imagine the Celtics. Or, like, any good team is really going to wreck the Cavs in that way, and it's obviously going to be a learning curve. It's the first game back. But keep an eye on that. Yeah, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. I am curious. Uh, does Detroit compare to Charlotte? Or are they worse? Uh, let me look. Do you have any final nitpicks? Uh, not really any nitpicks. Uh, my nitpicks with you saying that the Cavs aren't going to beat Philly because clearly Cleveland's going to start 3-0, and Chris. Come on now. But, um, no, I mean, other than that, I mean, Charlotte, my nitpicks with Gordon Hayward kind of being a dirty fucker. Uh I say this in the meanest way possible. He kind of pulled this shit with Isaac Okoro when he was in the air, and thankfully Okoro is okay. But that hit on Dylan Windler was a dirty play, and it should have been a flagrant. And I'm a little disappointed that it was just called a common foul because Windler fell on – it was a scary fall. And my immediate reaction was, oh, no, because Dylan Windler, I view him as that guy from SpongeBob with paper skin and glass bones where if he takes a serious fall, I'm going to hold my breath until he gets up. And then he started grabbing his wrist and wincing. I'm just like – 
awesome. Thankfully, the x-rays came back okay, but yeah, no, Gordon Hayward's a little bit of a dirty fucker, and the irony wasn't lost on me that Gordon Hayward injured a Cavalier in Cleveland while making a play in the air and just kind of watching Windler topple the ground. I'm just like, this guy's never going to learn, is he? And so that's my beef. That's my final nitpick. Yeah, it didn't also hope that, like, like JaVale was trying to crash the glass and like, Windler, like, hit, hit JaVale's leg with his well, head. It wasn't you know, great. JaVale is a Cavalier, so he's okay. Gordon Hayward's the dirty rat fuck here. And also, Gordon Hayward voted for Donald Trump, so JaVale McGee would okay, never. Okay, we're moving on. So Evan, I'm the cutting truth. you off. Okay. Okay, anyway. Um, the 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 Pistons against the, uh, at least in this game against the Wolves, um, only added 2.7 points per 100 possessions. Mm. Um, so that's, like, not particularly good. That's in the 40th percentile. And we're really bad off of live rebounds. So... The, the Cavs are not facing as good of a team in that sense, or maybe the Wolves are just a better defense. I would I would guess it's probably like a, like more of the Pistons just aren't very good, <laughs> but we'll we'll find out on on Saturday yeah. a little bit. So Evan, but let's just talk about the Windler fallout real quick as we get out of here. Um, so the the question I think we have here with Windler is obviously like it's a bummer to see him go down like that. It is his first game back like he hit that he his shot looked better like it had that kind of um the the high arc that is a kind of a trademark i think of a shot when it's going he hit the one yo that like kick he, out he had Larry that dance was straight butter to dylan Wendler. yeah um you had a, you know i thought like that little like issue with lamello was like and not issue but like a little kind of back and forth was really good because he you know he gets the steal gives it back up but then lamello's like not paying attention behind him and Okor or windler just hustled yeah. and it was just like a really 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 good play by him but then he gets hurt comes back you know that he leaves the game and can't shoot his free throws so he's not allowed to return to the game x-rays are negative I don't want to speculate on his availability for this weekend until we see kind of what the Cavs say. Probably send a press release on on the twenty fourth, but it, it basically seems like what JB said there. But I I think if he doesn't, if he can't go, I would imagine you see more of Dotson, who who played in this game. Although I like didn't didn't feel like he played a minute. Um, and yeah, I would ex- Dotson was pretty unremarkable tonight, but that's okay. Yeah, fourteen minutes, but I I also would think you might see more of Jetty. Because Jetty had a Jetty had 18 minutes, um, 11 points, four and nine from the field, three six from three, four rebounds, two assists. I thought played mostly pretty well. Um, I think 18 is probably a little low for him. Yeah. Ultimately, Jetty looked like, a little I, erratic I 20, at times. I mean, it's a different role, but he settled in after the beginning. I thought he looked much better in the second half as as, as did other guys like Garland. But I think if Windler can't go, I and you know you you played 10 tonight. Um, I don't I. 10, yeah, he played 10. Um, Dotson probably just gets more minutes, yeah. you know, if if uh, Windler can't go or, you know, Exum's coming back too. So there, there's some interesting – there is going to be lineup weirdness with the Cavs overall. But if Windler can't go, that that is unfortunate. It really is. And before people kind of get their bees in a bonnet and blow up my mentions again, uh, if Windler is not okay to go, uh, don't expect Kevin Porter Jr. to suddenly play for the Cavs. I don't think he's going to play I, anytime I, soon. Yeah, I uh, honestly, this is just the state of the the team right now. Is like I just kind of in my head right there. I just was like running through the options in my head. I just kind of forgot. Um, oh no, K- KPJ is who I thought I, of as like when you see Dotson getting minutes at like the back end of the rotation. Like if this team's at full tilt health and like Kevin Porter Jr. is not in the doghouse and you know his legal problems are behind him and everything is okay, KPJ would be getting those Dotson thirteen ish minutes and then like kind of working his way up from there. 
But if a Windler's available, it'd be less than 13 minutes as well. Yeah, I mean, and I also just think there's going to be nights this year where it makes more sense for the Cavs to play smaller. Yeah, it does. And, like, that lineup I proposed of Garland, Sexton, Exum, Okoro, and then, like, Nance or maybe even McGee if you want to have a more traditional big man out there. But I like what Nance provides. Maybe even Love if you just want to say F it to defense and just really go in on offense. But, um... Yeah, no. Uh, you're going to see more X in minutes with Windler's not available to go. You're going to see more dots in minutes. You might see, shoot, you might even see some of the other guys that the Cavs kind of have floating around on their roster. You maybe see some Lamar Stevens minutes because JB, uh, I was surprised really when I saw Dean Wade in so early into the game. I'm like, okay, JB's really reaching deep right now because of just some of the problems the Cavs currently have with injuries and depth. So. We, I know Chris and I preach about how deep this Cavs team is, but it just kind of sucks they got kind of beat up by the injury bug, but they'll be back and they'll be fine. Yeah, that totally makes sense. All right, that's going to be it for the today's show. Um, again, check us out wherever you're listening. If you're listening for the first time or checking in after catching us on WKYC, thanks again for tuning in. We're at Lockdown Cavs on Twitter. Um, we have our Discord, uh, which you can join and, and come chat with us and and everything like that. Um, again, we'll have a mailbag, delayed mailbag, coming later this week that we have with Justin Rowan. Obviously, I didn't have my computer, so that was why we didn't have it. But um, it'll be up after the Christmas holiday mm-hmm. um, on Saturday before the Cavs kick off the doubleheader. And then we'll be back in earnest on Sunday night, Monday morning, to recap those two games. And we'll figure out how we're going to approach that but uh evan why don't you send us out as always thank you again for listening if this is like chris said if this is your first time checking us out after seeing us on wkyc we appreciate it but if you're a regular listener we greatly appreciate it as well our numbers are overwhelming and just exciting and motivates me even more to work even harder on this podcast but um as always please wear a mask and stay safe this holiday season i hope everyone in your life has a very happy merry and safe holiday whether it's hanukkah christmas kwanzaa festivus or even winter solstice if you're one of those kind of people um but wear a mask if you go out in public try to avoid going out in public in general because ohio's numbers are pretty bad black lives always matter and all lives cannot matter until black lives matter and the Cavs are back, baby. They're 1-0. Going to be 3-0 after this weekend, so go Cavs.